Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep. We have been, uh, we are glad to have you on the program. We have been reading Percy Jackson and the Exposition Thief this week, and uh, <laughs> uh, the second half of the first Percy Jackson book by Rick Riordan, and uh, we are going to be taking it apart. If you want to be reading along with us in the audiobook fashion, you can get it for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep, which also helps us out, and we need it, so that's great. So do that right now. I'll wait. Okay, uh, welcome back. Now, uh, uh, joining us today, we have a, uh, an excellent panel, a very good panel today. Uh, first off, uh, police will not say whether or not he's a suspect in his mother's disappearance, but they haven't ruled out foul play yet. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ezra. I just want everyone to call my stepdad and make it so he loses lots of money. He would really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> Also joining us today, uh, he's chewing on a tin can right now, hoping for a wax paper dessert. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. You know, I'd give you half my tin can, but uh, I really need the, the vitamins. Well, you watch it. Those, those have sharp edges, usually. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. My mouth is made of uh, garbage compaction. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, welcome back to the program. Yeah, he's still pissed that he had to give back the life insurance money when he found out his wife wasn't killed in a car accident. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick. I hit her. <laughs> Whenever it was convenient. Yeah, when it, we needed to justify my murder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, of course, I'm your host. I, I'm just the token girl in this story. So uh, if you took me out, nothing would change. So uh, just say hi to me. Look at my boobs. Let's move on. My name is Alex. You're 12. All right. Look at my soon-to-be boobs. Whatever. She's 12. See what happens when I improvise a line. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> so let's start out with a compliment uh now uh nick as the guest again you have first or last choice which do you prefer i'm gonna go last okay does anybody want to start us out in the compliment round i got i got one go so i have a clip for this one with a drinking straw in my mouth I was sipping something that tasted like liquid chocolate chip cookies. Okay, and the reason I love this is because it um it raises the bar for me of what the best way to wake up is. <laughs> <laughs> so for whatever I had before, I'm pretty sure this is my new high. Also, what do liquid chocolate chip cookies taste like? Is that a flavor profile we're used to? Well, I mean, just imagine cookie dough, but really, really hot cookie dough. Gross. That's yeah. why a runny, yeah. hot runny egg in there. This is lava butter. Why do I want this? Because <laughs> it has sugar and chocolate chips. It, why, why are you so hard to please, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That's fair. All right. Uh, who, who would like to go second? Who would like to be pleasantly awakened in the compliment round next? Uh, I, I'll go next. Right. Uh, I, I like really, really involved traps. I always think it's fun when others... <laughs> It's clear that they couldn't think of something simple and elegant. Uh, so in this one, there's this uh, trap that they, they need to go get Ares's shield for him. And so, like, they go to this amusement park, which is already, like, you know it's a trap. And then it's in the bottom of this, like, dried-up wave pool. There's one single boat surrounded by, like, all these Cupid statues yes. that have video cameras <laughs> and then like they go and then all of a sudden like you know wires start like shooting out like and trapping them in the pool and then the water is rising up and like it, there's like five different things that have to be going on simultaneously for this to be a dangerous situation <laughs> and 
you know, because it's a book, it is. So I, I, I guess I'm complimenting Rube Goldberg devices in general. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 their, and their use in this book. Yeah, that was great, too, because it was this really elaborate technological device that broadcast a TV signal back to the gods, who can already spy on you at all moments anyway. <laughs> and uh, the only the only guys really watching it are the lazy, stay-at-home, <laughs> sort of, uh, like, daytime TV guys. <laughs> so you get all the B-list celebrity guys. <laughs> Actually, my, my compliment is, uh, is, is also about that section of the book. In, uh, before the trap, they're in this, like, the crazy abandoned circus yard, uh, and carnival thing yeah and uh and then they say one of my favorite lines in the book which is uh, so let me describe a little bit more so we, you had the cupid statues right standing guard and then it says on the opposite side from us a tunnel opened up the sign above it read thrill ride oh love this is not your parents tunnel of love i love the idea of a tunnel of love that is meant for you to be in love but also might kill you <laughs> it's yeah. like the, the romeo and juliet ride i think that's awesome fun my first reading, and it still was, I, 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 when you said it, was that it wasn't that it was, like, thrilling and exciting, just that it was really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, this isn't your parents' tunnel, though. <laughs> Watch a woman fucking donkey. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tunnel of sex, is what this is. This is yeah. These young kids are bumping their genitals on the dance floor kind of tunnel of love. <laughs> this is the tunnel of love where you keep reaching for the Purell. <laughs> yeah, when you're getting texted nude pictures of your tweener girlfriend already, like yeah. you got to really take it to the next level at the tunnel of love. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we can combine these, Chris. I don't see why they're mutually exclusive. Maybe it's like it's the sexy tunnel of love where the hearts are on fire and might fall on you. It's mm. dangerous and, like, she's fucking a donkey, and that donkey is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's, it just changes out randomly. It's like, yeah. filthy, filthy, fucked up, <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> filthy, filthy, <laughs> fucked up. And there's a drop in the waterfall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you have? I like uh, the lesson that we learned with uh, Zeus and Kronos, that you can kill your dad, but you're going to have to deal with it forever. It's never fully going to go away, right? You think you can – it's not like the mob where you can whack somebody, put them at the bottom of the ocean and forget about it. Kronos right? is always going to be like, you suck, you killed me. And he's just going to – you know, he's like this lazy eye-in-the-sky Sauron. Yeah, he's like, boo, Zeus, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me some flying shoes. And I can't wait until uh, Percy has to deal with his uh, his dead father. I can't wait till that comes around to bite him in the. It's ass. just a smelly statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this book uh, forever. I mean, one of the things I think it has going for it is some serious daddy issues, and I'm yeah. a big oh, fan. Oh, dude. Yeah, uh, Poseidon's a deadbeat dad. They're all shitty dads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rick Riordan has a crappy father. Like, if you're Rick Riordan's dad, you feel pretty shitty about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> There's really nothing else to say. I, I can't explain it. I think my dad's gone crazy. A little help from Haley Jade. Won't you tell him maybe? Let's summarize the second half of this book so people uh, who don't have to read it know what's what's going on. So, Chris, we like the 30-second summaries so much that we're going to have you do another one. Are you prepared? Get your stretching out, and I will... Okay, hang on. Hang on. Uh, 
Bring up Wikipedia. Bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Come on. <laughs> I, will, I will start your timer as soon as you say your first word. Okay. Our story picks up where it left off. They just, uh, our intrepid three adventurers just killed the uh, Medusa, and they go on to defeat a series of other Greek mythical people. Uh, Ares is the bad guy. He looks like he's helping them out, but really, he's not in the end. They go to hell. They come back. They realize that it's all just a trick from Kronos. Ten seconds. And uh, he gets to go up to Olympus after and return the bolt, and everybody's happy. Oh, yeah, he kills his dad. Done. Boom! Well, three done. seconds under. Excellent work. All right, so where do people want to? Uh, where do you guys want to start on this book? Okay, uh, I think to start us off, the idea of, of of who is your father is a real big question in this book. All right, and so I, I've uh, developed a quiz for for you guys. Oh wow! Yeah, just to to figure out who's your father. <laughs> you guys ready for it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, question number one: A monster is about to attack. Do you a wet yourself? B turn into a swan and hump the monster. C let it kill you because life is a painful abyss of emptiness. Or D, rawr, monster. Did it C. Did it also C. Brothers. Chris? I'm going to go with B. Okay. Turn into a swan and start humping the monster. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, for a perfect day, do you A, drink water, B, get electrocuted, C, Make out with a skeleton, or D, eat people. <laughs> C. Uh, I want to go with D on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with D. <laughs> eat people. <laughs> okay. By the way, on the first one, would it be possible to, to combine B and C and say that um, I'm going to turn into a swan and, and hump somebody because life is meaningless and empty? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's an option. Okay, good. Yeah, you can be a, you can be a half breed. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe like I'm like product of an orgy or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, As if the number of the people in the room changes how fatherhood works. <laughs> it does. I mean, it is. Sometimes the, the sperm can high five and then go at it together. <laughs> like one of them's the gunner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like Goose and Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Last question, guys. Yeah. A pet peeve is when a you get dehydrated, b someone jacks your master bolt, or c your undead underlings don't kill intruders fast enough. All right. Or d you get decapitated by a pen sword wielded by a twelve-year-old and get turned into dust for ten years. Hmm. I'm gonna go with d. I'm gonna also have to go with d. I'm gonna go with a. You guys don't know how much dehydration sucks. <laughs> so um a's are poseidon b's are zeus uh c's are hades and d's are just a monster oh so. <laughs> i am the product of uh hades or zeus both banging a monster at the same time yep and we just don't know which one's my real dad all right yeah interesting so, uh, congratulations guys i hope this was illuminating for you all good to know yeah. so what did that, so chris you were a little heavy zeus i was two zeus's one monster and one poseidon because god damn it i just constantly need to be drinking water like that's that's it's my thing very gotta... helpful so you're probably zeus we'll say yeah sure you're majority majority zeus yeah well i did fly in a plane last week <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you get struck out of the air for your impertinence <laughs> <laughs> and nick what did you end up with I think I'm a Hades monster. Yeah, I think you are. A, you're a hell monster for sure, dude. I don't so I might be a sky a monster? monster. If I'm part 
monster in part Zeus? Yeah. Sky monster! Excellent. Great quiz. Thank, thank you, uh, yeah. Cosmo. <laughs> okay. Who else has something? Oh, I have one. All right. So I thought it was revealing when we find out that Percy's sword won't hurt mortals because they're not important enough. <laughs> That's the actual language they use. It says, that, like, oh, that won't do anything to a human. They're not important enough. Which, interestingly, puts humans below monsters, which I like is a trend in fictional storytelling <laughs> that Pixar started of just hating human beings. But at least Pixar hates humans because they can't draw them. <laughs> <laughs> Writing a human is a lot easier. Yeah, but guys, also, I don't know if you realize, um, even above humans, right, um, inanimate objects, which the sword seems to affect. He like he lops off like the the lock from uh from the cage for to release oh, yeah. people. So like even lower down uh, <laughs> than locks are humans. Well, it got me thinking. Right, I wanted to know what this what other things in this world would be like, where uh, inanimate objects are selective about what they affect, and if you're not good enough for the object, you can't use it, <laughs> or you can't be affected by it. <laughs> the, the like, telephones can decide before they, like, as soon as you, you just tell them who you're calling, and they decide if it's worth it to connect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just gonna bullshit. It's not worth uh, call, yeah, like, me, call me back when you're on the red line to Russia. <laughs> movies decide if you're, like, important enough to, to, to get the information in them. Like, if Otherwise, you're, you're just looking at a blank screen. You're like, come on, I gave to charity. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah, you just open a Bible and it's blank, and they're like, sorry, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was you and maybe it was me. You came on like a punch in the heart. You lying there with the light on your hair like a Jesus of the moon, a Jesus of the planets and the stars. It is time for the return of Read and Weep Debates. So in this debate, Ezra and I are going to be facing off. Chris and Nick, you will be our judicial panel. You'll be judging each of the rounds and deciding who won, and also ruling on any uh, objections or points of clarification. Yep. Got it. Here are the rules of today's debate. Uh, first, our debate topic is Percy Jackson and the Olympians and the Lightning Thief. Is it good for children or bad for them? Ezra will be taking the side of the affirmative. It is good for them, and I will be arguing that this book is bad for children. Now, each of us will be given an opening statement of 15 seconds or less. We will be given up to three exhibits to prove our points, one analogy, and then a 10-word closing statement. Are you prepared? Yeah, I don't have an analogy, though. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I don't have an analogy either. There will be no analogy round. Objection! <laughs> All right, Nick, rule on your own objection. I rule that you guys have to have an analogy. <laughs> it can take the form of an analogy, a metaphor, a simile, or a parable. And so, once again, Percy Jackson and the Olympian's Lightning Thief is good for our children. Ezra has the affirmative. Go. It's good for our children. Because it's important for kids to know that there are books out there that don't have vampires in them. <laughs> Alright, my response. This book is bad for children because it sets totally unrealistic expectations of the world, and they think they can get away with anything. Alright, good All right. points both. Moving on to uh, Exhibit 1 for the affirmative. Ezra. Exhibit 1. There's a helpful lesson in this book, which is that nobody is happy. <laughs> 
Hades, very pissed that he has a bad commute time. Which, all right. You know, Cerebus, the dog guarding the entrance, very lonely. One of the monsters who tries to trap them, pissed that people's heads don't fit on the, his, the beds they sell. It's a great lesson for kids to take away, you know, because they'll have lowered expectations for life. All right. Exhibit one, the ending. We find out, as mentioned earlier, for no apparent reason, all of a sudden it turns out Smelly Gabe hits Percy's mom. So she uses the power of the gods to turn him into a concrete statue, which she sells for a million dollars and uses the money to go to college. Now, this sets unrealistic expectations for kids because, yes, mommy will probably kill daddy if he deserves it, but concrete statues do not sell for very much money. That is a cheap form of statue, (laughs) no matter how lifelike or smelly. A point of clarification. So your your main issue is that after killing one's father and turning him into a concrete statue, the book teaches the lesson that you will be successful and be able to return to your dreams instead of the more likely reality of not having a breadwinner in the household and uh, sinking deeper into poverty and thus having to sell yourself on the streets in order to provide money for the lack of income. No, my my issue is you turn your if you kill your husband, uh, you lose all of those things, and if you turn him into concrete. Now you just have a heavy, ugly statue that you have to move to the garage that won't sell. All right, I'm going to stop Objection. you there. We've been, what? You can't object. Overruled. You're a judge. Objection. Whatever <laughs> objection Nick is about to have. Sustained. Go ahead, Nick. I would just like to say the judge panel wishes to uh, replace your answer with mine. <laughs> Uh, uh, sustained I think uh, Judge Nick and I are both in agreement that uh, what Nick said was better I'm going to allow it alright we're going to take a break between exhibits 1 and 2 you guys get each one ad hominem character (laughs) (laughs) okay no I got this actually alright go okay I don't know if you noticed Alex actually doesn't like anything all right, we just happen to read books that are terrible, but Alex doesn't like good things either. Objection! No, Alex, you did not like Casino Royale. That was good. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, objection. Wait, wait. Point of clarification. Is this true? <laughs> Casino Royale wasn't very good. However. All right, all right. I've heard enough. I've heard enough. <laughs> right. Objection. I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox a couple weeks ago, and it was fantastic. Burn. Okay, uh, you don't get to respond to character attacks, Alex. You just get your own to hurl back at Ezra. Ezra, you say um a lot, and if I wasn't a great editor, our audience would know. That's my editing, you dick! <laughs> you don't get to respond. Actually, I'm going to say that Ezra's response overrules your attack, because in Ezra's response, he did not say um. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> you can't prove that. This is live! <laughs> it feels like it to you. The audience will not know that I didn't take out ums in that. That I didn't take out ums in that. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I think Ezra did take out the ums when he said it. <laughs> he did it in pre. <laughs> I do all my editing in pre. That's how I come out looking so good. I storyboarded this sentence. I need to, I need to return to exhibits because I was kicking ass there. Okay, exhibit B. For the affirmative, Percy Jackson is good for our kids. Ezra. Okay, this actually goes well with what Alex was saying. Um, oh, I did say um. don't think about it just keep talking so (laughs) this is a actually a great feminist text because percy's mom does not get saved by someone else right she kills that dude herself which is great because all those women in abusive smelly relationships can know they have the strength to kill men themselves Alex, 10-second response. Wait, the response now? <laughs> Ezra is clearly using multiple themes in his different exhibits, and my case has one theme, and therefore is superior. 
Okay, done. Alex, your exhibit B. Exhibit B. Notice the part in St. Louis where he kills a chihuahua that it turns out is a chimera. Chihuahuas are totally annoying, but it is considered rude in most cultures to chop off their heads in public. So what you're saying is it promotes rudeness? Yes, it is. He, he totally gets away with it in the book, but in real life, if you chop off somebody's chihuahua's head in a public monument, that person will totally be upset at you. Not to mention the grounds crew. Exactly. Ezra, 10-second reply. I don't think anyone's going to care. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Exhibit C. Ezra, go. <laughs> okay, my third life lesson that we get from this is that not to trust people who sound like Keanu Reeves. Because, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Luke sounds like Keanu Reeves, and he's evil. So if you see someone who sounds like Keanu Reeves, that guy is going to betray you very soon. Uh, Ezra? Yes, sir. Overruled on principle. (laughs) You can't overrule an article. I just did. (laughs) Alex, your Exhibit C. Exhibit C. For this, I will offer a clip, and here is my clip. Uh, What happens is he's uh, getting ready to leave camp, and he receives a letter from the camp director, and it says this. Cleaning harpies will begin work at sundown. They will be authorized to eat any unregistered campers. All personal articles left behind will be incinerated in the lava pit. Have a nice day. This offers totally unrealistic expectations because when you move out of an apartment, although cleaning harpies will clean up after you, they charge you $50 an hour. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, I got a yeah from the judge. Maybe because we shared an apartment and got charged a lot of money by a cleaning harpy. (laughs) (laughs) As you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the cleaning harpy actually gave us double our deposit back for some reason. The cleaning harpy made another financial mistake, which does not make it. That's because she's a cleaning harpy and not a business harpy. (laughs) (laughs) But that does not nullify the fact that she overcharged us for the cleaning harpy duties. We came out ahead, okay. That is. Wait, I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna side with Ezra on this one on his uh, ad hominem attack, being that nothing makes you happy, <laughs> even getting double your deposit back. Somehow you're still pissed off. Objection! We found out about that much later than we found out about getting screwed on the cleaning harpy business. We netted eight hundred dollars. <laughs> Yep. Objection. No, Ezra, Ezra's ad hominem attack is uh, given double bonus points. <laughs> it's time now for a special bonus round of analogy, metaphor, simile, or parable. <laughs> That's the amps. <laughs> Actually, can I do an anecdote instead? I think an amusing anecdote would work, as long as it amuses the court. <laughs> and it has to amuse the court within the first ten seconds. Go! Okay, uh, uh, I work with a lady who has a kid who's this age. No, younger than this, who's like eight. And uh, uh, the eight-year-old uh, learned how to play with his penis recently, and he was uh, hanging out with his dad in the garage, and they were working on Out something. of time! No, no, <laughs> no, no, you're not amused yet? Nope, 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 nope. At nine seconds, Alex did say, learned how to play with his penis. <laughs> I'm I within 10 seconds. So he, he <laughs> sa- so he, he says to his dad, hey, we've been having a good day working on the car. Do you want to go in and play with our penises now? And his dad said, well, son, that's not something uh, that we should. And, and the son said, oh, don't worry, dad. It's totally easy. <laughs> well, he is right about that. <laughs> that is an amusing anecdote. Does it please the court? It does not have any reference to the story. That's why it's also a parable. 
What? <laughs> you see, the boy in this parable was telling his dad that everything in the world was easy because he was confused about what seemed easy to him and what was easy on the grander scale of things when he actually lived in the world. So just like Percy Jackson, who's going to think that his mom gets rich from killing his dad, he thinks just because it's easy to kill your dad, you get money from it, and that's not true. All right, I'm going to let that fly as kind of a flimsy analogy. Terrible! <laughs> uh... Oh, well, it's a flimsy analogy, but it's a strong as fuck. <laughs> Guys, I got my analogy. Okay. All right, go. This book is like a parable. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Brevity points. Please continue. I have to do more? That was the analogy. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. All right. All right, after a long bit of deliberation, we have determined that it is a total tie. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> Flip a coin. No, come on. Each of you has to have an opinion. All right. While Alex did not demonstrate a sufficient appreciation of parkour in movies, uh, I think... <laughs> the rest uh, of the movie was bad. The parkour was great. Shut up. I'm talking. <laughs> he cries blood. It doesn't make any sense. Objection. Sustained. Yeah. Um, all right. Ezra did not complete an analogy. So I feel like this debate, in my mind, has been a total and utter failure on those criteria. I would like to say that I was not aware of Alex's character flaw until uh, until Ezra had brought it out, and then it was proven even further throughout the course of the debate, thus proving Go back and watch that Ezra to again. be the most sound reasoning uh, animal, <laughs> except for his disdain for Keanu Reeves, which trumps all reason, and until Ezra says that Point Break is the most superior film of all time... I'm going to have to give it all to right, Point Break uh, is the most superior Alex. film of all time. Ezra wins. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra wins, indeed. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, can we talk about the fight scene? Yeah. Yeah, because that was like, you know, the big like money shot scene in all this besides like the, well, I guess there was the, the pit of evil trying to suck them down into evil. But, uh, yeah, Percy basically is as good at sword fighting as Ares, it turns out. Um, and he uses the power of water because they're fighting on Santa Monica Beach. Is that right? You didn't yeah. think that was cheating? He was clearly – he brought the ocean to a sword fight. That seems unfair. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. But, I mean, Ares – I'm sorry. I want to I revel in how good that was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You done? Um, <laughs> Ares is the god of fighting, so he brings his stuff to a fight every time he fights. I mean, he'd bring fighting to a match of Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be totally unfair to the other contestants. <laughs> no, that Mormon guy would be all right. <laughs> he'd totally do it. Alex, are you eating during our podcast? How do you think it's... Why do you think, why do you think it's me? <laughs> because <laughs> you're the one that's every talking. Every time you talk, you're like... What? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like there's like food sounds like floating around and they're like disconnected from voices. <laughs> your sound, your voice sounds like you're eating. I feel so fucked up right now. I thought a cookie <laughs> would make me feel better, and I didn't. Oh. And I have to take shit for it. It's a shame, Cookie. <laughs> oh. oh, Cookie, Cookie, Cookie starts with C. Oh, C is for Cookie. That's good enough for me. I only have one less bit. Let's do it.
gentlemen, there's a nice part where Hades is really bitching and moaning about why everything sucks in Hades. Uh, which is, ah, my compliment has been stolen. I'm so predictable. <laughs> you also sound like you're dying in a movie in the 30s. <laughs> yeah, what, what a world. <laughs> okay, so there's a great bit, guys. And one of the things he says, do you know how many new subdivisions I've had to open up yeah. for all the dead people? I was wondering, what are some of the subdivisions of, of, of the dead in the 20th and 21st centuries? Beaverton, booyah. <laughs> uh, people who steal Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's pretty much got everybody in it. You don't know this, but the other guys do. Uh, for the first year I was living on myself uh, yeah. by myself in Seattle, I stole Wi-Fi from a network called Big Titties. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and, yeah, and big titties provided well. If you, <laughs> it's sustaining life milk from big titties. You can sup from them. <laughs> sup sweet, sweet megabytes. If you create an unprotected Wi-Fi network called Big Titties, I don't think even God would hold against you for stealing from it. None of the gods would. <laughs> I like that that. You can tell we're podcasters because we're like, what are the worst sins? Oh, internet crimes. <laughs> Stuff we do. What about like uh, disappointing Mexican food places? Oh, I think yes. I had the other day. Totally right. I mean, like, there's nothing worse than being like, yeah, I just want my good old dependable Mexican food. Give me a veggie burrito and it's going to be fine. And then you realize there's carrots in it. And... <laughs> You're a taqueria. Put guacamole and sour cream on something. How hard is this? Okay. People who stand too close to you when they're naked at the gym. <laughs> that one, that's a hellworthy trespass. Oh, hold on, Nick. That's relative, man. How close is too close for you? If you're able to get an erection yes. and touch me with it, that's too close. So it is totally relative, yeah. It's going to vary by type of man, right? Because there's a varying level of intimidation of penis, right? That <laughs> It's like, if it's gigantic, you want it to be further away than one that's tiny and cute. Like, that can be <laughs> All right, let's compliment and then and then go. Oh, I'm first. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. So my compliment is um, I like the stance that Rick Riordan took when he made Hades look like a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine that just hurting overseas sales. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? The lightning thief. Looking like a terrorist. He looked, you know, like like a white guy from a small town, right? No, no, no. He, he said he had – no, there was actually the line that said, like, he had the steely eyes of any terrorist. Or Hitler. Or Hitler, yeah. A terrorist or Hitler. Two things that uh, America's, Americans can get together and hate that the rest of the world might have a slightly more educated viewpoint on. Oh, on terrorism. And Hitler? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Hitler less so. All right, that went well. Um, <laughs> I am I am uh, the reverse second place, so I'm going to go. For my compliment, I would like us to listen to a clip. Yes, Annabeth. The woman purred. No harm. Now, she said, I'll just position you correctly. The young girl in the middle, I think, and the two young gentlemen on either side. Okay, so I play you this because my compliment is that his female characters and his accents, the reading of the book, were so bad that it made me feel like I had a future in doing audio books. 
I have a future in doing audiobooks. Yeah! You're hired! <laughs> <laughs> let's, Chris, let's get through this. Uh, when they get to L.A., there's cops that notice that these kids look shifty because they're all dirty and, you know, up to shit. And so there's there's the line, any cop worth his donuts would have seen something was wrong. <laughs> and I, I actually really like that. Um, also, because it values cops only on donuts. So. <laughs> I wonder how many donuts a cop is worth. <laughs> no, it's it, it, that's how they're judged, right? Like, if... If you're a good cop, you get more donuts. <laughs> if you're a shitty cop, you, you get you get rations. <laughs> <laughs> rookies get half. Rookies got share. Donut for you, Rookies get no sprinkles. <laughs> um, Ezra, last compliment on Percy Jackson to book. The thing that I really liked was um, the gifts that Annabeth and Grover gave them, like gave Percy before going to battle, were totally not helpful battle gifts. <laughs> it was a, a necklace... Yeah. And a tin can. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if your friend is going to go, you know, die to battle against a god, like, this is not really going to help him survive any. Like, the, the tin can was in his back pocket, even. Further proof that they are just accessories in the story and don't actually add anything. Yeah. If it was Harry Potter, they would have been like, and it turns out that the ring around the necklace gave her a ma- gave him a magical charm, which meant he could actually do that. Yeah, and then the third stage of this quest was a lock that turned out to be tin can shaped and could only be picked using this can. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But instead, they were just like, friendship seems meaningful <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> friendship is nice. Let's fight. Yeah. So really quick for the mailbag this week was uh, from a discussion that happened on our uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash readitandweep. And uh, this was from a woman named Destiny who wanted to point out to us that this book was not terrible. She pointed out that instead, if we wanted something that was actually terrible and aimed at kids, we should read a book called The Day My Butt Went Psycho. First of all, in the page she linked to, there's a subjects area, and this subject is buttocks, juvenile fiction. <laughs> Those are the two subjects of this book. But here's the summary. I think I think you guys will, will like this. The story conveys a crack butt-fighting unit called the B-Team, a legendary butt-hunter's formidable daughter, and some of the ugliest and meanest butts ever as Zack takes a journey across the great windy desert through the brown forest and over the sea of butts before descending into a, the heart of an explosive butt-cano to face the biggest butt of all. Wow. Ooh. Which is okay. Yeah. So she Ooh. says this is something that is terrible instead, but I don't see how that could be bad. Anybody? <laughs> how could this be good? <laughs> the best part is that it's based on a true story. People have butts. Maybe this is a butt parable. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think this is a this is a terrific recommendation, and that although I I don't think we're gonna do any more kid fiction for a little while on the show, I might go read this. Anyway, so thanks, Destiny, for suggesting that. Also, you're wrong. This book sucked. but uh, It didn't suck. Thanks for, <laughs> for writing into our uh, Facebook page. Everybody else, you should do the same. Anyway, uh, that's it for our show today. You guys have all been great. Thank you so much for listening. Ezra and Chris, thanks for coming by. It did. And uh, Nick, thanks for being here. We really, we really appreciate it, and we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, dude. Thanks, guys. Great, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you again next week. 
uh, when we will be watching the movie, the one with the hot, blonde 12-year-old. Who's probably of age. Who's probably of age. All right. Anyway, thanks for coming, guys. Talk to you later. That was oh. a bird who got shot, yeah. and when he landed, it turned out he was full of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dynamite eagle. Got it. <laughs> <laughs>